Welcome to the Talent Pool Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Kaplan, founder and CEO of Kaplan Partners, a retained executive search and board advisory firm headquartered in Philadelphia. My special guest today is Silvana Battaglia, Executive Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer for Amerisource Bergen. Before joining Amerisource Bergen, Silvana served in a senior leadership HR role with Aramark and has previous experience with both Day and Zimmerman and Merck. Welcome, Silvana. Thank you for having me. How does ESG and especially diversity, equity, and inclusion factor into incentive compensation structures? Are they actually, are there formal goals around those areas? Or again, is it more of a, you know, we have a high level of awareness around these things, but we're not baking it into plans? So I'll speak for AB. Again, a lot of companies uh, may handle it differently, but Aside from the executive compensation component, we've always been focused on diversity, equity, inclusion, and especially in terms of making progress and and evolving our culture. And so we've always had organizational goals that have addressed, you know, know, gender representation, ethnic representation, so many different things. But I would say, you know, one of the outcomes of our shareholder engagement this past year, really for like the past 18 months, was the culmination that we are adding an ESG metric to our executive compensation plans. And we really are are demonstrating our commitment as a company. So we kind of know internally how committed we are to it. And now we're basically telling our shareholders and, and the rest of the world externally, look, we're so committed to it. We're also tying our executive compensation to it. And so there's a lot of different ways to do it. We're choosing initially as as we go out because that um, our ESG metric has three components to it, and this will all be disclosed in our proxy. So um, I don't have an issue sharing that. But I will say that one of the metrics is to continue to increase our global representation at certain levels of females um, in leadership roles. And so you know, you will see that. And that really goes through then, you know, we've always had, you know, a focus and an emphasis, whether it be representation or inclusion. We have an inclusion index as part of our employee experience survey, formerly known as engagement survey. But our experience survey um, really drives at inclusive culture. And that is being built into, you know, how we maintain or improve those scores is now going to be tied to our most senior leader executive compensation. Well, and I know that Gen Y and Gen Z, those issues are really important to those generations. They want to work for companies that care about those soft issues. They care about inclusiveness and that they create a welcoming environment. Of course, they want to get paid and they want to be challenged and have a career path. But, you know, all the data I read says that, you know, younger generations coming out of college in recent years very much want to see that. So I guess there's some real benefits from a talent attraction perspective and putting it out there. Oh, a- absolutely. And, and you know, that's not the reason you do it. Like, it, right, it's, um, we do it because I would argue that it's actually, it drives better business outcomes, right? So it actually, we know, and there's research that, you know, you can pull from any, any study you care to look at that will show you that stronger inclusive cultures or purpose-driven organizations um, have better financial outcomes, right? Because they have team members and employees who are aligned around common goals, who are trying to do things in a way that is for the benefit of consumers or the businesses that they're serving. And and for us, it's of the patients that we're serving. And so we're doing it because it's always the right thing to do, but we also know it drives better business outcomes. And oh, if it makes us a better 
employer of choice or, you know, says to someone, they sound like an attractive place to work. Well, that's certainly a benefit as well. You know, executive compensation seems to have gotten more and more complicated. There's a level of technical complexity to it these days as well. How are boards adapting to that? Because from a lot of what I see, again, especially in middle market companies, it's a real challenge for some directors to keep up with that. Talk about how you see the level of sophistication evolving to make sure that board members, especially comp committee members, can really stay current and can respond to that changing landscape. I will say it is a constantly moving target. I almost feel like every time I turn around, there's a new SEC regulation that I'm like, okay, are we able to respond to this and be compliant? Like, what what do we have to do to do that? And I think a perfect example is, you know, just recently, there's been, you know, changes to SEC relative to pay for performance tables that, you know, companies now have to put in place. It's a very complex situation. I would encourage those who have to put that in your proxy in the very near future to get to a consultant partner to help with that. But what we did with our board, with our committee, was we did a draft of what it is to help educate them on there was a recent ruling relative to pay for performance that's now required as part of disclosure. Here's what it is. Here's what it's going to look like. Here's, please note, we're on the waiting list with some consultants because they are backed up with helping, you know, depending on the timing of your proxy filing, but we'll come back and share more. So, you know, in my preparation with our chair of our comp committee, I I said to her, you know, hey, would this be helpful? And, And she was like, yes, like help the committee understand what some of the new things are. And so I actually find my role as CHRO helping to educate um, you know, changes to the recent clawback policies, helping to educate this is what our policy is today. This is what the new rules are. Here's where we do or don't have to make adjustments. Um, and sometimes, you know, people who help support us with our shareholder outreach and engagements, um, having them come in and help do a quick education session with the board on, on just what some of the, the changing dynamics are, because there are so many things, again, things like ESG measures and even broader governance issues. Yeah, you know, we, we met with proxy advisory firm who said, look, next year, you're going to see we're voting against any director, any company that doesn't have 30% female representation on their board. And so that's the kind of information we take and we serve it back when we're sitting on their shareholder and there's proxy advisor calls and we bring it back and we say for the broader board and for our, our chairman and CEO, here's what's here's what's being said out there. Here's how they're viewing independence of board members, you know, in terms of uh, time and tenure. Um, So that's all really helpful information. Again, I think it starts with being a CHRO who can make some time to get on some of these top shareholder engagements and proxy advisor engagements, because you do get a lot of information that can be educational, given all the shifts that are happening. You know, it all speaks to the value and complexity of being a great CHRO, where you're guiding your executive leadership team on navigating the complexities of the workforce, guiding the board compensation committee around all those issues, and being the consigliere to the CEO and other top leaders. I mean, more more than ever these days, I think the role of the CHRO has never been more important in the business world. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. No, I think it, the world continues to evolve. It gets smaller, <laughs> again, from a global perspective. Technology is a big enabler of that. And I think as CHROs, I know I personally have a great honor and privilege to lead 
an organization of our size and importance in the healthcare supply chain, I would say that we are going to continue to be challenged as the world continues to evolve. And our real challenge for ourselves is, are we able to adapt? Are we able to read where things are going? Can we see around corners? And I think the skill and ability to see around the corners and by CHROs staying current, listening to shareholders, listening to your employee base, that's what's really going to help you be able to adapt quickly to all the changes that are coming our way. Well, Silvana Battaglia, I have learned a lot today. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and carving out some time to be with us. I really appreciate it. Alan, it's been a true pleasure. I really thank you for having me on. You've been listening to the Talent Pool podcast. I'm your host, Alan Kaplan from Kaplan Partners. If you'd like to hear more from our guests or learn about our firm, visit kaplanpartners.com. Thank you for joining us.